Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive and teacher at karenhager.com. And if you follow Fog City Psychic on Instagram, your senses will be delighted by more Out of the Fog content and cute pictures of Maisie the puppy. Honestly, I don't know what more a person could want. So karenhager.com, Fog City Psychic on Instagram. Now then, what is holding you back from a life of greater ease, grace, and joy? Well, my guest today is Amy Elisa Wong, and she believes that changing the way we look at our current struggles opens a path for making conscious choices that lead to more freedom, more wholeness, and more peace. Amy wants you to know that there is always a way forward, no matter how difficult things are in the moment. Are you ready to meet her? Amy Elisa Wong is a certified executive coach who's devoted more than 20 years to the study and practice of helping others live and lead on purpose. She works with some of the biggest names in tech and offers transformational leadership development and internal communication strategies to executives and teams around the world. Her new book is Living on Purpose, Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy. And you can find out more about Amy and her work at alwaysonpurpose.com. Amy, welcome to Out of the Fog. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. What does it mean to be on purpose? I love this question. Hmm. It's the complete opposite of being on accident. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, this comes up a lot, especially now that I'm you know, talking a lot about the book and so what does it mean to live on purpose? And I would say, you know, most of us are really good at living on autopilot and it's largely because of how the brain works, but particularly right now coming out of this pandemic where a lot of us have been in survival mode, we've really become conditioned to being kind of asleep at the wheel and deploy automatic behaviors and automatic patterns to really just get by because it's really, it's a matter of self-preservation and that's just how we operate. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but when we're asleep at the wheel, we are not consciously living. We are not choosing our moments. And so what it means to live on purpose is to be awake. And it's to recognize that each of our moments, we, we have a choice point in each of our moments to either react in the ways that we just typically re- react or respond to that moment. And that's where truly life is lived, is in that moment when we respond instead of react, where we are living with presence and intention. So living on purpose means that we're actively making deliberate choices that serve our highest good, not just at the action level, but at the level of perception, where we actively choose how we interpret and thus respond to what we perceive. And in this, what we start to recognize is that joy and meaning and fulfillment come not from the conditions of our life, but from our choices made with mindful awareness. That's an awful lot of responsibility for me though, right? I mean, it, it, mm, so many people. And so when I say so many people, I mean, you know, also me, 
we look at our lives and we think, well, that sounds great, but I can't because they won't let me. I've never been able to. I don't know how to. I have these 12 other 12 million other things that I'm supposed to be doing. And that I can feel into how though all the power, all the freedom, the joy, the love of those conscious choices might also feel scary mm. to somebody who is kind of standing at the beginning of that journey. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because if we're asleep at the wheel, we're not used to taking responsibility for our own path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so we can make this, we can take a step back and say, let's make this a little easy, easy, a little bit, make, let's make it easier. And what I like to focus on is the fact that, you know, all of us just want to feel good. And what does that really mean? Well, all of us want to feel free. We want to feel joy. We want to feel meaning. We want to feel fulfilled. Like we all want to feel good. And that's just I, I am certain that that's a universal truth. Mm-hmm. What I think a lot of people fail to realize is that what we focus on dictates what we think, thus what we feel, thus what we think, say, and do, which really kind of determines our reality, which is either going to feel good or not. Mm-hmm. And so our chosen focus has so much to do with how good we feel or not. And here's the best part. We get to choose our focus. We get to choose that. And I think what's happening here is a lot of us just forget that we, we have the remote control in our hands. We can pick what we're focusing on. We can choose how to frame it. We can choose what to think about. We can choose what to narrate. And when we recognize that, look, if I want to feel good and what I'm focusing on really determines if I feel good or not, ah, and I get to pick my focus, that's really liberating. And so instead of it being scary, we can look at this as, as a gift and as, oh, wow, actually, this is, this is, this is a gift. This is, this makes me feel great. This is liberating, you know, and I liken it to, I'll just use this analogy because it can be helpful. You know, like how at the end of the day, you might want to sit down and watch TV to relax. It's been a long day. You're like, oh, I just want to, I just want to relax. So you, you turn on the TV and let's say this is the time before streaming where we had cable. Do you remember when you used to turn on the TV and it would just turn on to whatever channel it was last on, you know, <laughs> depending upon what, what it was on, right? Yep. That's how it worked. Yeah. So it's not so much that like that these days, but back in the day you'd turn it on and it was whatever channel it was. So let's say you turn on the TV and it's a horror film. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. And so that's the last thing you want to watch. You're blood squirting everywhere. So what do you do? You change the channel immediately. Like, I don't want to focus on that. She, boom, you change a channel. Oh, planet earth. Oh, I love this discovery channel. This is great. And so then, you know, you, you kind of, you become peaceful as you watch the dolphins in the ocean or whatever it may be. Well, in the same way that we actively change the channel on the remote, we get to do that in our minds. If I'm not feeling good, it's because I'm on a channel. I'm on a narrative. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on something in a way that's not making me feel good. So it's like, I could change that channel. And how do I do that? I do that by caring about how I feel, recognizing that how I feel is determined by what I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. So let me change that channel. That's making me think about how there isn't just 
one channel, I might decide to watch the dolphins and that might feel right, but the dolphins might make me curious about that program. I don't know, over there on the cooking channel that when I make those conscious choices, this is part of what I like so much about the book. It sets up a framework for not just a few choices, but lots of choices that all build on each other. So if, when I have made a choice, when I take responsibility and I make that choice, I can live in that choice until, and if it then decide, I decide it serves me better to make another choice. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. And I, and, and, and it's a fluid process. And I, I am certain that there's no one right choice and there's not one final choice. It's just, it's wherever we put our focus and it's always going to be changing because of the information that we're getting. Yes. I love that. And maybe this is where purpose in the usual sense of the word kind of gets a bad name because you, I work as a professional intuitive. So people will often talk to me and say, what is my life purpose? Can this really be the life I'm supposed to live? Is this right? A lot of the things that you talk about in the book, the old way of looking at purpose is you get one and you better not screw it up and you better choose it and you better know what it is and you better do a really good job. Cause at the end of this, you're going to get in big trouble if you didn't live that purpose. Yeah. And I feel like you're opening us up in a different way. My purpose may not be just to be the podcaster in the purple pants. Yeah. My purpose could be a lot of things. <laughs> That's right. And I would say it's not really a thing. It's a state of being mm. because again, going back to this universal truth that all of us just want to feel good and we want to feel alive and we want to feel impactful and we want to feel meaningful. It's purpose is really a state of being. It's a way of being it's, I want to feel engaged right now. I want to feel in, uh, uh, impactful in this moment. I want to feel helpful in this conversation. It's a state of being that maps to feeling good. And that's it. And there's space in that for ups and downs. Oh, yes. That that we won't maybe feel unrelentingly joyful 24-7. And if we don't feel right. that way, we're doing it wrong. That's, that's such an important point. And I'm really glad you brought this up because, you know, this isn't that sort of, Hey, let's just be positive all the time and call it (laughs) and call it a day. It can't be that way. And in fact, it's, it's recognizing that there, there are the down moments and there must be down moments and there must be pain and there must be contraction and there must be contrast because we need that in order to continue to inform what it is that we actually do want. And, you know, this, this existence that we are all in is predicated on duality. We can't have up without down. We cannot have birth without death. We cannot have joy without pain. And in order to grow, we have to feel contraction. And so for us to always be in this process of expanding and growing and thriving, we are naturally going to go through periods that feel like the opposite. And so part of being on purpose is seeing all that as purposeful saying, you know what, this is painful, but instead of looking at this as crap, what if I treat this like fertilizer? Because you know what, it's seeding what's coming next. Okay. And so it's, it's again, choosing to focus on the contrast, choosing to focus on the things that don't feel great not as unwanted, but instead as part of the process that's helping us move forward into more growth, more purpose, more joy, more fulfillment. And that might help to deal with that edge of fear too, because there's that, there's that school of thought that the minute you see contrast, it means you did it wrong, which I don't think I'm not 
aligned with that school of thought. I am much more where you are, Amy, where the contrast, um, our light bounces off that and it helps us see the way forward. Mm. Right. Wait Mm -hmm. a second. Here I am. Let me bounce my life off the, Oh, this stinks. Okay. Let me see if I can change the channel, go another way. Sometimes we may be afraid to mm, feel into or be with our emotions, especially the emotions around choices that we're making at a difficult time Mm -hmm. or at a place where we feel like we really did come up against that wall of contrast. Mm -hmm. Can you say a little bit, you've got a bit, it says in huge letters in your book, feel it out. Don't Mm -hmm. figure it out. And Mm -hmm. yet for those people like me and I'm sure other listeners who've made a ton of mistakes in our lives, feeling it out can sound kind of scary because that's how we got in trouble before. So can Mm. you say more about that? Absolutely. So what this is about, this really came from, this wisdom came from a massive epiphany that I had a long while back about gosh, really what's true and what's going on here for all of us. And so all of us, like I said, we all want to feel good. We all want to, essentially, we, we, we want to feel meaningful, all these things that I mentioned, but we all have been trained to, you know, achieve and to get the thing and to, you know, oh, I want a house or I want a new job, or I want to know what my purpose is, or I want to retire or I want. And so we have all these goals and desires and dreams and aspirations, and we get excited about those visions. We do vision boards and there's, and that's all fine and good and absolutely necessary. What happens though, is we forget that really what, what why we do all of this in the first place is because we think, we, we, we think that if we achieve that stuff on my vision board, it's actually going to make me feel a certain way. Really what we want is a feeling. It's not the thing. And a lot of us forget that. We're not after a thing. We want the feeling we think we would have as a result of the thing. But that ultimate map to the, to the feeling, it gets dropped in the process of living. And all of a sudden, we just get so caught up in the thing. It's like, I got to get the thing. I got to do the thing. I got to. And so we start to strategize and we start to map and to plan and to analyze our way to what's next and to our goals. And we start to forget that right, I'm doing this because I ultimately want to feel a certain way. I want that. I want to retire because I want to be spacious and present with, for the people I love. But no, I just want to retire because it, it, and then you get caught on the thing. Well, if we don't focus on why we're doing this in the first place, why we want this in the first place, and we're not focusing on the feeling, then what happens is we end up achieving the thing and then we feel hollow. We feel lost. We feel like, okay, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And so what feeling it out is all about. And that's where we start to lose steam. And so what feeling it out is really about is to bring in the awareness that what we really want ultimately is a feeling, not a thing. And when we can recognize, oh, you know, so for example, if I really want to retire, it's not just because I want to retire and I don't want to work at this job anymore. It's really because I want to feel spacious and present for the people that I love. I want to feel immersed in the world around me in the things that I love, like gardening. And I want to be engaged and I want to feel impactful, right? Whatever. But it's, it, it's getting clear on those feeling states that are important. And then 
with that awareness, start asking, okay, well, I'm going to feel like, how can I start feeling these things now? And just, and what I have found just by shining a light on the, on those desired feeling states, all of a sudden options emerge that you wouldn't normally see things that you can start and choices you can start making right now that are going to be, help you re- live into this feeling state more so than if you were just following a strategy. And so feeling it out isn't scary. It's just being more aware of what it is you want to feel and then make, and then choosing a path that feels expansive, choosing the things that make you feel relief, choosing the things that make you, f- that, that feel con- more congruent to that feeling state than chasing the thing because of the strategy that you set forth. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Amy Elisa Wong. Her new book is Living on Purpose, Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy. And you can find out more about Amy and her work at alwaysonpurpose.com. I was thinking about what you said about, about feeling hollow. And I know that imposter syndrome is a, is a thing. Mm-hmm. How can... Mm, what is the most compassionate way we can treat ourselves when we realize we've been pretending? Because that to me, that's what's at the back of that feeling of I'm an imposter. I'm about to get Mm -hmm. caught. It's Mm -hmm. I'm pretending and I'm not allowed to do it any other way. So how can we be kinder when we realize we're pretending? Mm. I love this question. I would say that it really starts with recognizing that, you know, I haven't been pretending. I've been doing the darn best I can with all that I've got. And really what I'm dealing with is a false limiting belief that I'm not enough. Mm. And I'm not pretending. I'm showing up. What I'm really suffering with is a belief that I'm not good enough. And that other, everybody else around me is somehow more worthy, more deserving, more capable, more competent than I am. And really the, the, the way into true self-compassion and truth and away from this, what we call imposter syndrome is first to recognize that everybody's doing this too. <laughs> it's not just you. And so, and, and I, and you know, Karen, part of, there were a lot of the reason I wrote this book was because I'd had hundreds of conversations with leaders and executives and people and, and from all walks of life. And the conversation was always the same. I'm the only one. Yeah, everybody else around me knows what they're doing, but I, I don't. It's like, wait a minute, everybody's feeling this way. So yeah. it's just recognizing that really what this imposter syndrome thing is a false limiting belief. And so it all maps back to this relationship we have with ourselves. And that's really the most primary thing to mind is what is this relationship I want to have with myself? How can we start to open that relationship with ourselves, especially if, if we have been conditioned mm, to focus on things or focus on showing up the way we believe someone else might want us to show up? How can we start that and an honest, compassionate, to me, like a funny, gentle relationship with ourselves? Mm. You know, I think the easiest way, or and then one of the most powerful, it's one of the, it's something I've, I've done for myself is, you know, you have to look back and you have to really think about when, 
when I was born, when each of us was born, we were born totally whole and complete. And in our youngest years, you know, maybe even before we could talk, we were totally in a relationship with ourselves where we knew ourselves to be whole and complete. In fact, you know, you look around at children, little, little kids, and the reason they're so delightful to watch is because they are so fully self-expressed and, un, and, and not self-conscious. Why? Because they don't believe themselves to be of lack. They don't believe themselves. They, don't, they, they know that they are whole and complete. And that's exactly why they can wear you know, one purple sock and one red sock, and they think it's great. They can have snot in their nose and sing really loud, and they could care less what others think because they know themselves to be fully whole and complete. And you know, the bigger story here, so, so, so that's true. So you have had a relationship with yourself knowing that you were whole and complete. And I'll tell you right now, something happened early on or at some point in the trajectory of your life where you had to contend with significant perceived rejection. And in order to make sense of that, you came up with a belief in order to protect yourself. And so you knew yourself to be whole and complete once. And then you just decided it wasn't true in order to make sense of the stuff around you. But that was a decision. And I'm going to tell you, it was an incorrect decision because you were born whole and complete. You were whole and complete. And then you just decided you weren't. And ever since then, you've been living from this, living from this belief that, oh, gosh, maybe there's something wrong with me. Well, maybe there wasn't anything wrong with you. And I'll guarantee you there wasn't anything wrong with you. And so getting back to the truth, you really just, you have to decide, wow, you know what? I started this process whole and complete. Can I go back to that relationship? Yes, you can. How do we do that? How do we invite that little one in with the two different colored socks and the snot in her nose and the singing out loud? How do we invite her back in? Oh, so this is why I wrote this book because it's about choice. It's just a choice. You just have to decide that it's, it's time, it's important enough, and you're ready. Not ready because you've proven it, not ready because you've spent too much, you just because it's time. And so you choose. And that is your superpower. You're making me feel like this is less about running after and catching something you lost, but more about coming back to something that I already hold. Oh, that's it. You know, there's a beautiful quote by Jeff Foster, which is healing isn't the fixing of the broken. It's the rediscovery of the unbroken. Mm. You, um, wow. You talk about uh, meditation. We hear a lot about spiritual practice. Something that I hear from students who I work with is that meditation can feel unattainable sometimes, or like a chore, especially when we are in that place of wondering what's our lives about? Is this the life I was meant to lead? Sometimes meditation feels hard. Mm -hmm. Can you say something about that? Meditate to me, meditation is sweet and gentle and funny and open, but I get it that the idea of meditation might mean that people think they have to buy a special suit and sit very (laughs) still for long periods of time. And I, I don't know. So what do you think? Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> yes. And the way I like to think about meditation, it's just, it is a practice, a loving, 
self-care practice that you engage in to just be with yourself because we're so focused and bombarded with the stuff around us. But meditation is really, I'm just going to honor being with myself and going inward. And I think what can really help a lot of people is you know, we get hung up on this idea that there's a right way of going about it, that there's, there's a right way or there's a wrong way. And it's got to feel like this and it's got to end up like that. And I've got it. But you know what? It's if we can just let go of this idea that there's a right and wrong way of going about it and have a relationship to meditation in the same way we have a relationship with brushing our teeth, you know, mm-hmm. we do it because it's just good for us. Um, and it's just something I do. I don't celebrate it. I don't, I don't punish myself. I don't tell my friends about it. I don't, you know, look forward to it. I don't dread it. I just do it. It's the moment we can decide to have that relationship to it. That's when things start to shift. Hmm. Now, how can listeners get their hands on the book? How can they find out more about you and your work? Awesome. Thank you. Well, the book is available where all books are sold. Easiest way I would think is Amazon. That's where most folks are getting it these days. You can go to Amazon and living on purpose is available there. I am on LinkedIn and my handle is Amy Alisa Wong. And I'm very quite active on LinkedIn. I do have an Instagram account. I'm really not much on it. Um, Otherwise going to my website, always on purpose, there's lots of information there and all the all the updates on what's happening and where I've been. And so you can definitely keep track there. So in this time where there's so much uncertainty, when our, when our fears can really be kind of amplified because of all the stuff that's going on in the world, how can we feel more at ease as we move through this time? Mm. Well, I love, I love, that I can choose to know that I am resilient and that I'm resourceful and that I am capable. And so I invite everyone to just choose that too, because it's true. We've gone through a lot. We've been able to deal with a lot. We're capable, we're resourceful, we're resilient. Those are truths and you have to choose those. So that I would say just base level, we make that decision. And then in that relief and peace and knowing that that's true, then you're able to say, well, and you know what? Everything that comes my way always ends up being a gift later on. Always. The things that we, we go through, at some point, we always look back and go, hmm, you know, that might have been painful. That might have been hard. But I learned this, and I met that person, and I did, 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 did. And actually, it's really served me. It sucked at the time, but it's really served me. And, you know, there, for all of the incidences in our life, there are gifts to be cultivated. And so rather than wait for our future self to tell us how it's going to turn out, (laughs) I encourage all of us to just start, just appreciate it for what it is. And that, that this crap isn't crap. It's actually manure. (laughs) It's fertilizing stuff. And so that right there, those just to decide that these things are true will help you find peace in any kind of turmoil. Amy, thank you so much for talking with me. What a great pleasure. My future self also approves of this conversation. So thank you. I've enjoyed this very much. (laughs) Karen, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. That is Amy Elisa Wong. Her new book is Living on Purpose, Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy. You can find out more about Amy and her work at 
alwaysonpurpose.com. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private intuitive session with me there if you're so inclined. If you use the coupon code podcast when you're scheduling, you get 20% off the session fee. So how's that? Um, The way that works is that you go to karenhager.com, click the book a reading button, you choose a session of any length, enter your email address, and here comes the risky, exciting, slightly dangerous, not too dangerous, you're okay. Here comes the exciting part. After you enter your email address, click the green button that says have a coupon code. You do, you do have a coupon code. It's podcast, type in podcast, and that 20% discount is applied at checkout. Now there is no coupon code necessary to follow me on Instagram where I'm Fog City Psychic. You can see Maisie the puppy's latest hijinks. You can find out what jigsaw puzzle is capturing my attention or annoying the heck out of me at the moment. And you get more out of the fog goodness there as well. So I'm Fog City Psychic on Instagram. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.